Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 38, How Guilt is Changeable, part two of my conversation with John Flaherty. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to part two of my conversation with John Flaherty on guilt. Um, If you haven't listened to part one, which was episode 37, listen to that one first. So we just had a big long conversation and I chopped it in half. So you want to listen to that to get uh, kind of the, the first half of that conversation before you listen to this one. So in this second half, John and I explore a little bit more about um, where guilt starts, you know, all the ways it kind of invades our society and our psyche. And again, as I say this right now, uh, it feels kind of doom and gloom and hopeless. But the beauty in this is that we get to see, you know, we get to see that when we feel a pang of guilt, when we, when it occurs to us, oh, maybe I shouldn't, or maybe I should, or however that sounds in our own heads, you know, just by shining a light on that, we're going to see it popping up more and more. We're going to feel it popping up more and more. And we get to see that there's really nothing to it. It isn't, it isn't about us. It isn't, we aren't guilty. There's not, it's not a real thing that we actually deserve. None of that, none of that at all. It's just simply old, passed down, insecure thought that's showing up in us right now in this moment. And that's it. And the more we get to see it in that light, oh, it's just insecurity. It's just somebody's insecurity. Passed down, passed down, passed down, showing up in me, insecurity. That's fine. We can feel insecurity. Insecurity comes and goes, and then we come back home. The more we can just kind of see it in that way, again, it's, it doesn't have to be this big, heavy subject. It gets to be something light that keeps pointing us back toward home. Oh, guilt. That's why I feel this way. Not because I am guilty, because it's an insecure thought. Okay, see that. And then whoosh, we're back home. And I just love that about our design so much. So anyway, I hope the second part of uh, the wrap up of my conversation with John Flaherty on guilt is helpful. And if you like this topic and if you're curious about all the ways that guilt has been kind of built into, again, societal and family and and all these institutions, um, I really recommend his book and I'll link to it in the notes. It's called Guilt Unplugged. He has an awesome book also called Addiction Unplugged, another book that for years people were saying, oh my gosh, you have to read this book. It's so much like yours. So that's how John and I met. But um, anyway, both excellent books. Check them out and I hope you enjoy this episode. I love the distinction of um, just life. Life is always inviting. Life is always living us. Life is always moving through us. And that anything else, anything that's in, that's conceptual, that's good or bad, that's, I mean, and it's, it's our whole human experience all the time is all of this thinking and, and, you know, looking at things and labeling things that aren't just simply life, but that distinction between like life is there in all of us and it's all beautiful and it takes a human thought or belief or a human mind in a moment 
to give us something that isn't. You know, just that alone, I think, starts to kind of open us toward, oh, okay. Because let me ask my next question because it kind of feeds into that. It's like, how do we know? Like you said earlier, our reality is basically someone else's, right? We get this guilt, I mean, just from such an early age and it's, it's permeated into everything. So in any given moment for any of us, how do we know if like what we're seeing is actually us versus someone else's beliefs that they've fed us? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a very, very, very important question to ask. And the, the, the response I would give to it is to, to simply check in with yourself. So your listener now, check in with how you feel about yourself. Listen to your heart. Watch your thoughts. Know that your thoughts will always have a core belief behind them. And then ask yourself what Albert Einstein posed as the most important question, the decision of which will, will follow as the most important decision you can make. And it's this. Do you believe in a friendly or a hostile universe? Do you believe in a friendly or a hostile universe? That decision that we come to formed, as I've already said, as early as two to four years old, is something we've got to constantly bring again and re-question to see if it is a hostile or a universe that we do truly believe in. Now, I've asked that question of Einstein's to very many people, and the immediate answer would be, well, I would really like to believe in a friendly universe, and that's and then I'd have to interrupt. And I said, but, but that's not Einstein's question. Einstein's not asking you what you would like to believe. He's asking you, as he asks us all, what do you believe? Most of us would like to believe in a very friendly universe, in a very friendly life, in a very friendly world. But if your belief, which stemmed from or putting together your reality in those early infancy years was of a hostile nature, whether it was by a parent being present or absent, by what was said or done by a parent or a teacher or a guardian or a religious leader or somebody who in any way overstepped the mark and violated, abused, and we can do that in so many ways. They can be physical, they can be sexual, they can be harsh words. They can also be by absolutely ignoring us. And it's making us feel incredibly isolated and on our own. That's how we form a reality. And we form the reality and make the decision there and then as to whether the life that we're living is actually safe or if it's very unsafe, if it's friendly or if it's hostile. I would highly recommend to everybody listening, as I've had to do for myself, is really question and go deep inside. And if there is the suggestion that we are and have been for maybe most of our lives, living as if we were up against life rather than simply allowing life to be what it does and life us, it isn't judging us, it's just lifing us and opening up new opportunity, new realization 
new freedom, new forgiveness, new understanding, then there'll be nothing hostile at all about that. And it's important that we embrace it at once and literally try it out. Try it out. And, and the change in that will change everything. It changes our program. And it started at infancy, and it's a daily thing that we've got to check in and ask ourselves, are we believing in a friendly or a hostile life, friendly or hostile universe? Would it be something that I can now make the decision to change and to see what that change brings? Yeah. You know, one of the, um, one of the things that I've kind of been shown about how we humans work is that when we're at ease, you know, when we are just light and in the moment, yes. that's kind of what you're saying on some deep level, we aren't, you know, our fear and our, our hostile universe and our guilt and all of that is, is not there in those moments. Our mind is at rest and, and we're just kind of falling into this innate belief that I think, or not really even belief maybe, but just this, uh, I would call it an innate truth that, that the universe is friendly and kind. And then we start thinking, you know, things get activated within us in our psychology and we don't feel well. And so I love what you're saying. And, and um, it really, I'm just saying how it kind of really, really meshes with what I've, what I've learned about um, letting our feelings, our, our feeling of tightness versus openness, our feeling, because sometimes, you know, again, like we don't know what we're thinking. We don't even know that we feel guilty, but suddenly you're tight and heavy and, you know, you're feeling like you're wrong. It's a, the feeling of shame maybe is there and we don't see the guilt that's behind it. So kind of letting those feelings show us, oh, I'm meant to feel good. That's our default state. And we don't always, none of us do. But when we don't, that's that other side. Does that, that sound like another way of saying kind of what you're pointing us toward? I think it does. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's, if, we, if we can acknowledge that that little word, guilt, is so useless to us, it really, it, you know, if we can erase it from our, not only from our vocabulary, but from our whole psyche, then what does it leave us with? It, it, it absolutely leaves us with, well, at very least, a brand new start. Okay. Yeah. What would life be like if I were not to have this thing, which I have taken for granted, which I have never questioned, which I have a deep feeling about sometimes, and which others can stir within me, bringing me immediately to the past and flooding my present with such disgust and disdain and sometimes deep fear, what could be so, so true that I could have got or said or done something so very, very wrong that the stain of that, if you like, could be so indelibly imprinted upon me that I would, at the end of the day, possibly, you know, merit as a result, not a very little reward and only punishment. And even without having to wait till the end of my days, why am I putting myself on a daily basis through that terribly burdensome and punishing process of, of self-hurt? When we start asking those kind of questions, 
then we're becoming more consciously aware. We're actually beginning finally to reclaim the essence, the beauty of what I call our personal sovereignty. That which we had and were when we were in the womb, that which we are because we can never be disconnected from the source that sources us and that never ever judges us. Only the world judges, only people judge. The life stream that lives through us is only lifing us. So when we start to reclaim that personal sovereignty, that essence, that truth about ourselves, everything feels complete, as you're saying. Of course, there's a calmness that immediately comes over us. And this is what I would suggest to, to your listeners. And if you know, they, they do get a hold of my book and read through that, I'm sure it'll come alive for them even more because I've gone into real purposeful um, ways of being able to tease this out for the reader as for the listener today. It's such an important thing to free ourselves from the erroneous belief affecting every one of our emotions, which we call guilt. If we can eradicate guilt, I suggest what we are left with at best is something called remorse. Now, remorse is so, so more freeing and far, far less burdensome. It's not the stranglehold that guilt is. It gives us an opportunity to sense movement again, freedom, life, lifing us without that restriction absolutely killing us. Now, remorse in itself gives us the opportunity to look back on decisions we made, to, to have this wonderful thing we have called hindsight, and to be able to realize, if I knew now, if I know now what I didn't know then, would I have made the choices and decisions to do, say, or to experience the thing that I now call guilt, or would I not? And the truth of the matter is, because we're changing all of the time, our conscious awareness is changing all of the time. That realization of itself should bring about a certain ease. Remorse is so much more life-giving than guilt could ever be. And just to go back to the inmate in the prison cell, I have visited many, many a person incarcerated for whatever misgivings they were deemed to be guilty of and carrying that punishment. But I can tell you, there's not one of them that ever corrected things by carrying guilt alone. Guilt doesn't actually improve anything. If we move to a place of remorse, then we'll still feel an aspect of the grieving that maybe guilt can bring, but it will have fluidity about it. It's far more empowering. It enables us to see further opportunity and to understand differently what we didn't understand whenever we first thought we brought about that which we are experiencing as guilt. It will still feel a little uncomfortable, like grieving does, but it will be far less overwhelming than guilt. Guilt simply keeps a person imprisoned, renders one powerless, helpless, hopeless. It's why, precisely why battered wives or husbands still go back to their partners when they're in guilt. They reenact dramas or they choose another partner and guess what? They find themselves reenacting the same. 
the unconscious belief in this pattern is that they deserve to get punished for not getting life more right. So they create within themselves a victim mentality, the poor me state, which again meets guilt perfectly because it's a stranglehold. It's, it keeps us static. It's, a, it's as though we're a dead person walking. And those of you who are riddled with guilt and who are listening to this today, and already I'm hoping, feeling a sense of freedom welling up inside, just desperate to actually oh, let itself experience that in your own life, will know exactly what I'm getting at. So remorse can move naturally from the place of guilt. If we're at a place of remorse, it gives us the opportunity to make the next shift of consciousness. Because from a place of remorse, we can go to the place of regret. And regret enables us to, again, put our past into a different projection, into a different perception, to recognize all the things that led to us behaving, thinking, and doing that which we felt so bad about or made to feel so wrong about. And to, again, gift it with the new life that never judges us. I was delighted when doing my research for the book I've written to discover that the word regret actually comes from a Germanic origin, which really better is expressed as the words re-greet. How very freeing that is, which I'm sure is at the essence of that truer meaning of the word regret, because it gives us instantaneously the opportunity to re-greet the truth about our life over the lie we've been living. The re-greeting is the truth of who we are. Of course that we will have said and done things that have made us feel not connected to our source. But the realization that we're re-greeting again, the fact that we can never be disconnected from our source, no matter what we think we got so wrong, is itself so incredibly freeing. It helps us to move the final stage from a place of regret back to where we started, to a place of connectivity again. So it's a beautiful cycle, which I'm inviting each and every one of you listening to my voice today, which is simply life through John Flaherty, making an invitation to you, burdened with any form of guilt or its sister, shame, to actually embrace it so very, very differently. See the movement that life is actually inviting you to take. It's about freedom. It's about non-separation. It's about truth. Unlike guilt, remorse, then regret, brings about the possibility of newfound revelations and newfound realization. It's, it's uh, when you're ready to complete our uh, podcast today, uh, Amy, I'd be delighted if you would just simply let me read a piece from the very back of my book, which is which I've, I've called metanoia. Metanoia is a very beautiful word. Metanoia is, is of a Greek origin. It's often simply thought of as change of mind, but in actual fact, it's so much more than that. It's not only a change of heart and mind, it's a change it's a shift in our consciousness. It's an absolute transcending of all we once were led to believe was so 
stuck in our lives and to bring ourselves to the place of, of peace and harmony and freedom again. So if you, if you permit me, um, Amy, I, I literally just take your listeners through this. It's what I, I would really describe to you as absolution, freedom, forgiveness, if you like, that you can give to yourself, for yourself, by yourself, and it's a freedom, a forgiveness, self-forgiveness to last a lifetime. And this is, as I speak these words, I suggest as you're listening to them, each one of you, if you take them in as if they're words that you are speaking, your own heart, your own soul, to your own mind, and to your own spirit, and let the message of freedom reside there forever. I now release the heavy burden of guilt, which has kept me from enjoying the completeness I long to experience. I honor the character, the sovereignty, the essence of my being. New revelations have brought new realizations into my awareness and now I understand what I did not understand in the past. Whatever I have done, whatever I think I've not done enough, whatever I think I may have done, whatever I think I should have done or think I should not have done, I know that I'm not here to suffer anymore. My attention belongs in the present. Whatever I have said, whatever I think I've not said enough, whatever I think I may have said, whatever I think I should have said or think I should not have said, I know that I'm not here to suffer anymore. My attention belongs in the present. Whatever I have thought, whatever I think I've not thought enough, whatever I think I may have thought, whatever I think I should have thought or think I should not have thought, I know that I'm not here to suffer anymore. My attention belongs in the present. Whatever I have kept secret, whatever I think I've not kept secret enough, whatever secret thoughts I may have been thinking, whatever I think I should have kept secret or think I should not have kept secret, I know that I'm not here to suffer anymore. My attention belongs in the present. Whatever I have promised, whatever I think I've not promised enough, whatever I think I may have promised, whatever I think I should have promised or think I should not have promised, I know that I'm not here to suffer anymore. My attention belongs in the present. Let those words really sink in to every one of your 75 trillion cells this day and let them remain there as your truth about your essence which is your personal sovereignty, your soul, 
your being and let no one, no thought, no guilt, no suggestion of it, no idea of it, ever, ever dare take that freedom, beauty, connectedness away from you again. Wow. Thank you so much, John. I, I love this. I know this is going to be so helpful for people. You, you, it, it makes so much sense logically to see where guilt came from and that we aren't it, but, but bigger than that and how you share and what you just read, it's like we can start to feel the truth in that too. And that's just a, it's a beautiful combination that I just know is going to be so helpful. So thank you so much for being here on the podcast and sharing with us. Thank you, Amy. Just like I said at the beginning, thanking you for your invitation. And it has been a pleasure, but it's an absolute privilege for me to be able to share what I really know is this all-important message to humanity. So make it your own. And um, I look forward to hearing from you. It would be lovely to hear from some of your listeners should they wish to connect with me, Amy, if, if you... Uh, if you put the, you know, my own details out on the podcast to your listeners, um, let, me, let me know if you're beginning to see things differently now. Yeah, I will. I'll share, all, I'll share a link to your amazing books, um, The Guilt Book, your addiction book, Unplugged. I love both of them and, and some information where people can reach out. So thank you, John. It's been great talking with you. For the wonderful work you're doing and for the wonderful journey that many of your listeners will be on i know that it is um it's a very it can be it can be scary but it's a really really exciting process to go on this one of recognizing your own consciousness unfolding well done to you all and thank you for today thank you hey do you want to hang out for a couple days and explore the new paradigm together i'd love to tell you about two live events i have coming up Transformation Along the Vertical Dimension is a live workshop I'm holding twice in two different locations in the next few months. The U.S. workshop is in Plymouth, Michigan, May 31st through June 2nd. And the U.K. workshop is in London, England, June 28th and 29th. I'd love to spend a couple days immersing in this new paradigm with you, looking toward the peace, habit freeness, creativity, and resilience that is in you right now. Go to dramyjohnson.com slash live 2019 to see more. I hope to see you there.